It'd be us, probably. What was that? It'd probably be just us. Yeah, probably. But it'll still be fun. We'll still get to talk about the movie. Oh, gosh, yes. Well, and I'm going to talk, because I will be, you know, posting this anyway to the Chain Talks thing for anybody to go back and listen to it later. But tonight, I'm drinking Yingling Hershey's Chocolate Porter, which literally tastes like I'm drinking chocolate milk. It is so delicious. And then, oh, wow. the way to make it even better is I take screwball peanut butter whiskey, and I add peanut butter whiskey to chocolate beer, and it tastes like I'm drinking a Reese cup. Oh, wow. It is phenomenal. You got a bunch of chocolate flavor up front, and then the peanut butter whiskey just sits there in your mouth, and it's just absolutely delicious. You got a little buzz? Yeah, I'll get, get a little buzz going with it. So, cheers to you doing this with me tonight, sir. I'm looking forward to watching this movie with you. Right, right. And I have not watched it this year yet. Oh, you haven't? All right. Well, that's awesome. I actually no, I, it I had it day. on in the background. On I had it on the background Saturday night. I had a, some friends over, and we were outside, and it was on in the living room. But um, just as background, but I didn't, I wasn't watching because it, it was on AMC. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, I saw AMC, like, I think it was Saturday or Sunday, did, like, four, five, six, H2O, and then one was last. Yeah, it's weird how they do the setup on that, and you'll, and it's going to come up, I think it comes on, it's all this week it's going to be playing up through all till Halloween, obviously, but it's yeah. weird how they put them in order, but they really emphasize, they play four a lot. Do they I really? think that's probably because it, it probably does well mm. in viewers, um, but I just wish they could bring back part two. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm glad they left the Rob Zombies out this year. Yes. But they added in a lot of other movies that I've not seen on the Fear Fest lineup before, which is cool. But nice. Um, and, and it's really weird. Psycho plays, I think, tomorrow or the next day, mm -hmm. one time very late. And that's it. I'm like, well, why odd. would you pay that, play that in the prime time where For people sure. can watch it? Yeah, that sounds pretty lame. AMC, yeah. I remember uh, a year or two ago, they did some really... Uh, one of the times they showed all the Halloweens backwards, it went like 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 one year, and I was just like, how how does that make Why any sense? Why would you sense? do that? Yeah. yeah, like, you can't watch it in any continuity of any way. Yep. So, yeah, they're, they've done some weird stuff before. But it'd be fun, you know, they need to bring... And it may be a license thing or something, mm -hmm. but they need to bring back part two, they need to throw Season of the Witch in there. Mm-hmm. You know, just for kicks, you know, so. I, I do plan to, uh, Season of the Witch is the one that I hardly ever watch, but I've decided I'm going to watch it this year. Oh my probably, god, it's so bad, it's good. Yeah, probably for the first time in like 10 to 15 years, I just haven't watched that one at all. But I would love for them to throw some old school staples in there, you know, with stuff from like the 80s, like, you know, Terror Train, and He Knows oh, You're sure. Alone, Happy Birthday to Me, just some weird uh, April Fool's Day. Some crazy <laughs> shit like My Bloody Valentine, the original. Sure. You know, just for old school sakes, you know, Fright Night. If I remember right, wasn't, I, I know April Fool's was like this. Was Happy Birthday to Me the one where it was like, it was all fake at the end? Like, I know April That's Fool's. That's April Fool's Day. Okay, but wasn't, wasn't Happy Birthday to Me like that also, or am I, am I remembering wrong? I don't remember that one being okay. where it was fake at the end. Okay. I knew that April Fool's was, and I thought for some reason there was another one that was like, in the end, you find out it was all fake, but maybe not. I could be making that up. All right, man, you ready to hit play on Halloween? Yeah. 
All right. Just so tell me, tell me do, when to do it. I'm gonna do a countdown. We'll go three, two, one, and hit play. All right. So I've got a black screen at the moment. I got the Compass Pictures release right now. Mustafa Akkad presents. The Halloweens are Donald Pleasance in. I don't know how off we are. John Carpenter's, John Carpenter's Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we're on. So uh, I think it's awesome that Donald Pleasance gets his name above even John Carpenter's for the credits. That's pretty, pretty hardcore. I also think it's interesting that uh, he wasn't even the first choice for this. They went to Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee before they got to Donald Pleasance. And both of them turned him down because it was apparently a very cheap paycheck uh, to be in this movie. And I know I had read something somewhere that they were very excited to get him because he was a very popular, like theatrical performer. Yep. Very well respected, but you know, I'm a firm believer and things happen for a reason. Oh yeah. And I don't think anyone else could have played Loomis any better. For sure. Uh, I also like the fact I was reading today that he flat out told John Carpenter, the only reason I took this job is because my daughter likes your score for Assault on Precinct 13. <laughs> Apparently Donald Pleasant's daughter was really big into like the music scene in England and was like, yeah. in, was in like a hardcore band or something. And she really liked John Carpenter's music. Uh, so Donald Pleasant flat out said, I wouldn't have taken this job if my daughter didn't tell me to. See, this, this, this imagery alone here is just creepy. And imagine... You know, watching this back in 1978 in a theater packed full of people. Sure. And that's just creepy. Uh, I was reading today that the original opening for this wasn't going to be the pumpkin like this. It was going to be a very long tracking shot going down a sidewalk. And then, like, right here when it got to the directed by John Carpenter, there was just going to be a mask laying on the ground that, like, wow. it slowly came up upon. But I feel like I feel like the pumpkin did a very good job. Oh, it did. It was very just simple. Yep. That's what I like about this movie. It's just the simplicity of it. So we got the opening shot of the uh, the Myers house. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this movie does not get enough. Um, props to just how creative they were in making this and how effective it was and you know everything that they went through on that you know budget of 300 plus thousand dollars and everyone had to pitch in you mm -hmm. know if you weren't in the scene you were behind the scenes holding lights moving around because they just didn't have the budget but man just the lighting in this opening shot is just incredible mm-hmm well, and I mean, let's address this fact real quick. They're going upstairs at the three minute and like thirteen second mark. Let's see what time. We'll, we'll see what time we're at when he comes back down those stairs. This this opening shot being done completely like I, I know there's two or three cuts in it, but they they do it to make it look like it's one fluid motion is just so cool. Yeah. Like we haven't seen anything resembling a cut yet. I know the first cut is when he puts the mask on. It goes on stairs, yeah. But like, oh. just this POV, like, I, I don't know if this was the first one to do it. Well, no, I guess Psycho did a POV shot, but like, 
it was one of the first. I remember, I think I listened to on some commentary mm-hmm. uh, that they were one of the first to utilize this. And that's uh, Deborah Hill's hand right there. Yep. I didn't think about it then, but in watching the movie years later and today, thinking just how small this house was. Sure. Well, and like the, I mean, the tension that builds up, like now we know we're definitely, you know, in the eyes of a killer. We've now seen it pick up a knife, uh, but we yep. have no idea what we're actually like. We have no idea who we're actually watching, so we just assume it's some adult type character. All right, so he comes down at four minutes and 37 seconds. So that's about a minute and a half of sex they just had upstairs. Hey, hey if, that, if that's that good, it, it's done quickly. <laughs> Just, just beautiful. The eeriness with the music, and that's where this is one of those movies where the the music, the score in the film makes the movie. And sure. if you didn't have the score, it just wouldn't be as effective. But when you put them all together, it just is mind blowing to me. Yeah, and then there's the story that uh, John Carpenter tells about his first friend that he showed it to, like a female friend of his. He showed it to her, but he hadn't laid the music track down yet. And uh, she said something along the lines of like, I mean, it's not that scary of a movie. It's it's okay. And then she went opening weekend and watched it in the theater with the music, called him up and was like, the music made that movie. (gasps) Nudity. Nudity. I just remember being, I was five years old when I saw this in theaters and just this opening scene alone just terrified i mean like why did my mom drag me to this movie (laughs) and like just i gotta sit through this oh and this is one of the only deaths in the movie where you actually see blood yeah most of most of the other deaths you don't actually see any blood and i had heard somewhere too that you know once they started doing the sequels you know because once this came out then they all these other horror movies all of a sudden just start pouring out sure but they got violent more violent yep um so that's why you start to see more violence friday the 13th came out while they were getting ready to film halloween 2 and friday the 13th was a huge success so they were like well we need to have more violence like friday the 13th and here we get the big reveal that we've just got this little boy with a knife totally throws mom just puts her hands in pockets like uh you know I would be screaming my head off. Well, but, you know, the thing is, is they haven't been inside yet. They don't really know what happened. Like, I mean, in in, for all they know, he could have cut himself. Like, until they go inside. I'm wondering why the director said, you know, put your hands in your pocket. Like, we need to have a discussion. It would be more of like a a terrifying reaction to why are you holding this knife out here? You know, I, I thought that that was kind of played down a bit. So now we jump ahead 15 years, and we have a car driving. Um, I do. We're, there's going to be all kinds of time to talk about all the homages to Psycho in this movie, but uh, naming the nurse Marion, uh, which was a character's name yep. in Psycho, and Marion, I believe, was the one that was married to Sam Loomis in Psycho, so that Sam Loomis' right. name was completely ripped from Psycho. Um. Uh, 
I can't remember if there's somebody with the last name Crane in the movie. I can't remember, but I know there's a lot of Psycho references in the movie. I think Carpenter mentioned something about their, this, where they're driving is some spot in L.A., and they just kept looping around, looping around. Oh, nice. But, I mean, just, I mean, look how creepy, that's just creepy, man. Yep. Like, the rain and barely being able to see what's going on. Yep. I will say that I was extremely happy in 1998 when they brought this exact actress back for Halloween H2O for the opening scene. Oh, yeah. I thought that was perfect to bring and her back. And then she's back in the uh, sequel coming up next year, too. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're awesome. bringing everybody back. So she's she's back. And she was married. She's married to uh, still currently uh, Rick Rosenthal, who was the director of Halloween 2. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, she's married to, to him in real life there. But yeah, she'll be back for, I guess it would be Halloween Kills yep. as Nurse. Which we should have um, seen this last weekend. It was supposed to be out in theaters. Really, really kind of sad about that. We should have had the next Halloween chapter in our lives already. Oh, trust me. I I, I reflected on that this past week. <laughs> mm. uh, so now we get these creepy scenes of just random people in white stuff walking around. Donald Pleasance just always, like, always knows what to do. His character just never questions himself. You know, I know Michael Myers is, like, the star. You know, obviously Jamie Lee Curtis, too. Sure. I mean, but Michael Myers is, you know, the one we talk about. But to me, the creepiness of Halloween, and particularly watching it years later, came to be Dr. Loomis. Sure. He was so effective. Donald was so effective in this role. The and guy right there. His. Sorry, the yeah. guy right there that jumped up. Uh, that is essentially Michael Myers in this in most of the movie. That is Nick Castle, yes. who went on to direct the last Starfighter. Uh, he was a good friend of John Carpenter's and literally was just coming to the set to hang out with him. And John Carpenter was like, you know what? Why don't you just be the shape for us? Like you're tall and lanky. Yep. Like just go ahead and just go ahead and be. Uh, Michael Myers for us. And then right here when he cracks the window, I just read, oh, I can actually see oh, it now that I know. He has a wrench yeah. taped to his hand that is painted flesh color so that when he smacked the window, it would guarantee to shatter it. And now oh. that I know that, I can actually see the outline of the wrench on his hand. That's hilarious. Uh, the uh, Nick Castle also directed the... <laughs> Dennis the Menace the movie, too. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, I feel like he had one other movie right after Dennis the Menace. I can't remember what it was, but he had like three movies that I had heard of when I when I looked at his directing resume. Alright, uh, so we go from the... night to day. We're in Haddonfield on Halloween. A.K.A. California, California with fake leaves. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, because it, it's really funny with all the, the trees are, yes, literally every tree is just green, but all the leaves yep. are brown or the paper, or not paper, plastic leaves that they spray painted orange to make it look like leaves have been falling out of the trees. But if you actually look at the trees, they're all green and they're all full. And um, I'm wondering if there, if there's one point where you see a palm tree in the background at some point. 
so here's uh, our only time we ever meet Lori's dad. He doesn't even come to the hospital on Halloween 2 to find out if his daughter is okay. Right. It's funny how the pairs just disappear in all the horror movies, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like they're nowhere to be found. <laughs> I would love to, to go to California and just drive around in these spots. Sure. I, I, you've got to have some kind of tour or a map of something to show you how to get to them. I would just uh, be very camera happy and be giddy. Sure. Wonder how many of the locations are still either look the way they did then, or if they've been like renovated or remodeled or anything. I saw someone uh, a week or so ago had posted something. The spot where she is on her way to babysit, and she sits on the stoop with the pumpkin. Yeah. There was a couple that posted a picture on that same stoop. Oh, that's awesome. I just saw a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so here we have the very young uh, first incarnation of Tommy Doyle, who was then later played by Paul Rudd in Six, and who I really wish was going to come back for Halloween Kills, but instead we're getting, um, what's his name? The guy from the Dead Zone. Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall, yeah. But look I mean, at that house. Yep. Well, and it's really funny because apparently this is what the house really looked like when they picked it for the filming location. So for that opening mm -hmm. scene when they filmed it, the crew had to actually make it look like it was a nice and livable house. Good. Yeah. So, so I wonder if they shot that last. Uh, that would be the smart thing to do. Oh, and we already know that Michael's back at his old house already. Yeah. You wonder, like the 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 kid here, who obviously is a grown man now. Sure. Why maybe did they originally maybe approach him to come back for Halloween Kills, but you know maybe just thought, okay, he doesn't look like he would, you know, sure, that wasn't fit. You know what I mean? You wonder why they didn't use him, the original, because they're bringing back the original Lindsay Wallace. Oh, yeah, I did hear that. That's right. Yeah. So who's, I mean, uh, what's her name? Um, oh, I forgot what her name. Kyle Richards plays Lindsay Wallace. And Kyle Richards on uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills now. Oh, is she really? <laughs> did she marry somebody famous? Uh, no. no? But he's, okay. Well, he's a famous real realtor, but not a... Oh, uh, I got you. Okay. Uh, so if I remember right, uh, here is our buddy that shows up in Halloween 5 or Halloween 6, and this is the guy that's the head of the cult, right? Because I thought that it was guy on the left? Yeah, the guy on the left. I thought it was Loomis's buddy from this movie that turns out to be the cult leader in the in the 5 and 6 movies. It could be, but they maybe they switched actors? Because I know the actor... You're referring to with the silver hair, who's the in uh, number six? Yeah, but it it could be the same character. They're just different actors different actor? that are okay. throwing me off. For some reason, I thought the last time that I watched six or whatever, I was like reading the trivia about it, and it said that it was Loomis's buddy from the first movie that uh -oh. that it was. But again, that was trivia that I read a long time ago. I'll never forget when I saw this. I never paid attention to him 
standing there, I just always thought she was looking at the car, but his face was so small that I didn't ah. pay any attention for years. And, and then finally I picked up on it and I was just like, how can I miss that? Sure. But I know, you know, for movie sakes, they have to make things dramatic and whatnot, but it's oh, like, sure. imagine like looking out the window, somebody staring at your ass, yep. like how you would really react to that. Well, I mean, like, A, how did he know that she was there? And like, how did he right. know that was the exact window he should stand out in front of? And then he just hightailed it out of there really quickly. Well, but then, like, so the car is gone, but he's obviously still, well, I, well, I guess that was high school, and this is probably an elementary school, so apparently he had to drive over to the right. elementary school so that he could get out of his car and start walking around so that he could run into Tommy. It's funny when you watch this now, you know, you can, you find flaws in it, you yeah. know, it just kind of, it worked back in the day, but then you find flaws years later. And... But then it kind of made sense when, you know, in the sequel where they're like, well, it's his sister. Right. You know, and because in, in watching this back in the day when you didn't know there was going to be a sequel, you know, you just thought some crazy nut just stalking these babysitters and it's just yep. like, just that randomness was scary enough, you know? Uh, Just so some for, random guy. For anybody watching, this is uh, how bullying happened before the internet was a thing. You just, like, yes. stood in front of people and, and said shit to them. Uh, and then, you know, for whatever reason, he's all of a sudden following Tommy. Right. With the fake leaves on the ground. Yep. Uh, he just he just has really good luck that he's following the kid that his sister's gonna end up babysitting. And the truth be told, that's the one thing that bothers me about the newest version of Halloween uh, is the fact that they don't acknowledge Halloween two happened because they don't want them to be related. And right. I would understand that if John Carpenter and Deborah Hill didn't write the sequel. Also, like that was obviously John Carpenter's intention was for them to be family. Right. So that's my biggest complaint with the newest version. Like I, I did enjoy the newest version for the most part, but like I just hate the fact that they decided to write out part two. The newest version, I thought, you know, when I first saw it, I I had to process it, you know, because it wasn't what I wanted it to be. Sure, I agree. But the more I watched it, the more I'm like, I like it more and more every time I see it, you know. Yep. And now I watch it like, oh, this is this is great. Yeah, I agree. and there are things I still wish they would have they wouldn't have done or could have done better and. But I think that hopefully that's what we'll get in Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. So. Hopefully. Uh, I, I appreciate and love the fact that Loomis drives a BMW. Being a BMW driver myself, I enjoy that. Uh, it's, it's crazy that he had five days of filming for 18 minutes, but he's still so important to the movie. Oh, sure. Oh, very effective. <laughs> I mean, again, we focus so much on... Lori and Michael mm -hmm. Myers, but truly in in this film, to me, he is the most effective and memorable character to uh, of Halloween to me. It's it's just his his obsession with Michael is so scary itself, and Michael's scary, but to me, Loomis is actually scarier almost. Interesting. That's interesting to look at it. Thank God he stopped at the phone where this vehicle was at. 
Right. Not where. So originally watching Halloween back in the day, you know, you're so focused on Michael. But over the years, you get smarter and more intellectual. And and to me, it's it's Donald Pleasance and Dr. Loomis that makes Halloween creepier. Hmm. What, what about him? Because he's the only he he's the only one that doesn't like uh, f- like freak out in a sense when he sees Michael. He's very calm and so, very because he know he knows him. Everyone else sees Michael and freaks out, but yet you've got Loomis who is this. I'm talking down to you. I'm trying to you know sure whatever like do some psychological stuff and it's just kind of like but everyone else kind of flees and, and yells and gets scared of Michael but but Loomis is not scared of Michael no not at all um, I'm surprised in all honesty in the last 40 years that nobody has decided to do like how they just did that Ratchet series on Netflix for like a prequel to uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest like why somebody hasn't tried to mm-hmm. do like a young Loomis like do uh, a 10 episode series of Loomis in his 20s or 30s when he first started dealing with Michael Myers and you get like some crazy kid teenager actor to play young Michael and just have like a psychological debate between them for 10 episodes. I'm surprised nobody has you know what? done anything like that. It is, it's 2020. Uh, everything is streaming at this point and they've got these other two Halloween movies to come out. If they're huge successes, I would not be surprised if that still wouldn't happen. That yeah, I, I, I can't believe that nobody has done anything like just 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 to cash in on the on the property. Yeah. Oh, I just this is a scary moment to me here where, you know, some guy in a mask just uh-huh. drives by and then stops at stops. a halt. Yep. God, I was freaked out. I remember always thinking like. Is Michael trying to decide if he wants to back up, or did he just stop yeah. to scare? Like, I'm trying to think of what Michael was actually trying to do by stopping. Like, did he just want to kind of scare him to make him think he was going to back up, or was he actually thinking about <laughs> backing up? Speed kills. <laughs> oh, PJ Souls, one of my one of my very early crushes in my teenage years. Oh yeah. This what, what else? She, she's a, she was in Stripes. She was in Carrie. She's in Carrie, yeah. Uh, and a lot of other things. Yeah, this and Carrie were really the only two that I cared about seeing her in. <laughs> we really see her in this one. We really see her in this one. What's the oh oh? What's the word she uses in this a lot? Totally. Yeah, totally. I think she says totally, totally. Yep. Some of these shots, just the shots themselves are beautiful. Like you've got the street and the trees and then them. Like there's just, there's, there feels like there's a lot of negative space, but it's still beautiful. It's still beautifully set up shots. Yes. I mean, even like right here, like it was so wide and they were small and then it just moves into them and they fill the shot. Right. Well, I, I like that there's all this space and it's not just cramped. I mean, he is, he wants you to see the surrounding. Yep. He wants you to see all those trees that do not have orange leaves on them. Oh. 
this shot is just great. Oh, and he just steps behind it. You know? Oh, it's so good. Classic stalker classic. Well, and I love the concept. I love the concept throughout this movie with the girls, where like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is the only one who's not preoccupied with other stuff, where she pays attention. Like uh, Annie was just digging in her purse and not paying attention to her surroundings, so she didn't see him there. And like yeah. other times in the movie, like the girls are just preoccupied with either their boyfriends or doing the laundry, like where they just they don't see what's actually going on around them. Right, exactly. But but Lori no, is a, just that's always yeah, Lori is just always so keen and paying attention that she sees like she's really the only person that sees Michael throughout the movie. And that's why she's the survivor. <laughs> the last girl. I mean, I would pay to sit down and to just have a discussion with John Carpenter about this movie. Oh, just, for sure. I'm, I'm sure. Even if he had to, even if he had to repeat himself, I would just be like, "Tell me about this." The, 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 the little leaf in her hair there. Yeah. Like, Tell me about that. You know. Um, from what I remember hearing on a lot of commentaries, is uh, Carpenter tried to keep his direction very minimalistic. He tried to make it where he didn't want to influence uh, his actors making their characters' choices. So, like, there was times where Nick Castle would be like, well, how do you want me to walk across the room? And John Carpenter would be like, I want you to start there, and I want you to end up there. I don't care how you do it. Because uh, right. he just wanted his actors to figure out their characters for themselves. Well, they certainly did that well. Yep. All of a sudden, the, the pavement is wet. Yeah. Not even sure what she was looking at there. Like I didn't really see anything that was out of place. Are they trick or treaters? Oh, there we go. Yeah, she was hearing them. Yep. Very early trick or treating. How fun! Oh yeah. How fun would it have been to just be on that set making that movie and everyone is just giving their all, you know, because of obviously the low budget and not knowing where this was going to to end up as far as like you know future cult status and stuff sure. you know i mean like they're just making this movie and they had no idea where what an impact it would it be oh there's michael oh. and then he's gone and just gone you yep. uh i think i was looking away oh there we go uh that james air Amor or whoever the poster is back there. I looked him Insor. up. Insor. I looked him up the other day and found out that he was a, a French painter in like the early 1900s that used to paint people wearing masks. Like all of his people that he painted always wore masks. Ah, good catch there. Yeah. Well, I had to look him up because I was like, why? Why is this poster like for 40 years watching it almost? I never paid attention to like who that was. So I just looked him up the other day, and I was like, "Like, why is this guy's poster there? And I'm pretty sure it's because he was famous for painting people wearing masks. I should do that more often with, you know, just kind of trying to pay attention to, to props like that and then looking up just for to see the connection, you know what yep. I mean? 
I, I don't I think know that's why the rotary. That's the rotary phone. My grandmother used to have one of those, man. <laughs> a black rotary phone? She had black, a green one, a tan one. She had the whole collection, man. Even up through like the mid-90s until Seriously? she moved from her home. Oh, wow. Classic. You'd be in the midst of dialing and then you have to stop and start. That, that, that house design is just weird. Dude, that was exactly what I was just thinking. I was like, that is a really weird house. Two giant windows above the garages. Yeah, it's just so flat looking on that side. Uh -huh. Now, now as you come to the corner, it's got more character. I like that, but I don't like that the side of it. It was just, I yeah. guess that's how it was in the seventies in California. It must be. But yeah. So, so this is the shot that I that I saw somebody post a, a week or two ago on the street nice. here. And the house still looks the same in the in their photo. For the most part, yeah. For the most yeah. part, okay. Yeah, see, like, her oh, the calm is before the storm. just being observant. She's just always checking out what's yeah. going on. Now we got and Annie, there's Annie. Annie rolling up in her rather not. So let's see, this was 78. That's a fairly new car for 78. That's a late 70s car. Is that a. That's not a Cutlass, is it? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Now, this was, um, this is the scene where, oh, at some point, Don't Fear the Reaper is played yep. in the background, and it's how I was introduced to the song and oh, nice. associated with Halloween. So when I hear Don't Fear the Reaper, I think of Halloween automatically. All the time? So. That's awesome. And Blue Easter Cult? Yeah. Early teen, plot 20. Now, here's one thing I always thought was kind of funny. What's up? And again, you didn't pay attention to this in 1978. Mm -hmm. But years later, Judith Meyer's grave, it looks okay. a little small. It looks like a, like a pet dog's grave. Okay. So pay attention to this and, and let me know what you think here. It just looks, or it looks like a like a small child. And I know she was a teenager, but really right. teenagers have some height height to them. Sure. You know she what looks I mean? pretty tall when she got stabbed. Yeah. So let's take a take a look at this and see what you think here. But I guess that would be with the headstone. Yeah, that's just the headstone. See, back in the day, I'm like, that didn't look too small. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's just where he pulled the headstone out of the out of the grass. Okay. Yeah. Again, Loomis not shaking at all. Like he's like, I know, I knew this was gonna happen. Oh yeah, he's just calm. He's the only one that's chill about Mike. Yep. And look at it. Is that a a, a yellow joint? It it definitely does not look white. Oh, and now Michael's uh, following him. I just, I would always scream at the TV like, he's behind you. Yep. He's behind you. But like again, them not knowing, like you said, Lori's pretty observant. Yep. But still, in this moment, 
her radar's down and you've yep. just got this stalker just following them everywhere. Yep. And like, we know how, that, but they don't. Like, if Andy just looked up in the rearview mirror, she'd be like, oh, it's the it's the guy that I talked shit to earlier. Andy's oh, but now... That joint right there. Yeah, she is. And now, and now she's trying to keep her dad from knowing that what's up. <laughs> I always like the guy that plays <laughs> Andy's dad. Yeah, you too. He'll he'll be back in Halloween Kills too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Lee Brackett. They'll be all like really old as hell, but, but they're back. <laughs> that is so cool that they're bringing those actors back for those parts. Like that's oh, just yeah. awesome. It just it gives it a, a more like realistic feeling. And then the the um so you remember in the schoolyard when the kid was running and he bumped into Michael Myers? Yeah. That kid is coming back in Halloween Kills, and they do a backstory with him. They do, they do, uh, they go back to this period, really, of 1978, and somehow or another, the kid is involved with with Michael. There's some tie with Michael or something or experience, what? additional experience he had with Michael. Yeah. Okay. So they're bringing the the actual uh, adult actor back for him. Interesting. All right, so now we got our, our regular cop teaming up with our, our resident badass. And you there notice you Michael on the left, right? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's just so awesome, like, knowing those... Yep, there he goes. And he had a damn mask on still. Mm-hmm. So, people always kind of bring up the fact that at one point here it's all of a sudden it's going to be dark mm -hmm. and i'm like you know that maybe the chicks just rode around until it was dark you know well i mean let's be honest man it, it only takes like 30 minutes for the sun to go down right now like once we start hitting dusk it gets dark pretty quick so like it's yes. just a it's just a it's a midwestern thing it's set in illinois but they're dri they're driving around and like you know all of a sudden, it's going to be dark here in a second. But it's like, well, they could have just been rolling around just... Just smoking their joint. You know what yep. I mean? I used to, when, you know, I watched this on repeat years later and whatnot, mm -hmm. I just always felt... Uh, actually, no, I mean, going back to when I was a kid and would watch it slightly, just felt so bad for Annie because you know what's going to happen to her. Sure. I'm well, like somehow Michael found girl, him and you, then he got behind him. You have no idea what's happening, girl. So see here, the quick cut to the dark. Again, Annie just so unobservant while she's driving to not realize, hey, that's oh yeah, very quick cut to dark. I forgot about that. But like Annie just now, I mean behind them. This is the perfect location. I mean just this neighborhood, I guess, uh -huh. you know, I guess from watching the movie so much, you know, it is Halloween, but it it's so funny. You don't see trick-or-treaters now. Um, That's a good point. But I they, never really they, thought they about picked that a, fact. They picked a great neighborhood and area to shoot this. Uh, Jaber, you might want to back up a little bit because I just see your chin right now. There we go. Oh, sorry. You're good. All right, so I'm all into it, man.
And again, you have no idea why this why guy he's doing is it. Yeah. just doing this. He's just back home mm-hmm. and just stalking these girls and you have no idea of any connection or anything. I will say that was one of my favorite parts of the newest one, the 2018 Halloween, was during the trick-or-treating scene, how he's literally just walking into houses and killing people and then walking out and finding another house to go into. Like, I really enjoyed that sequence because I felt like that was perfect Michael. Like, he didn't care who he was killing. He was just in the mood to kill some people. So he walked into a house and killed a lady or walked into another house and killed somebody else. Like... But you know what's you you know what's funny is he didn't kill the baby. No, he did not. Even and maybe they just thought you know what that'd be that'd be, that'd too, be much. too much. You know, yeah. <laughs> we'll give Michael a little heart. Well, see that baby's gonna come back in the third movie and save everybody years later. That's funny. <laughs> All right, so we got. Uh, Chief Brackett and uh, and Sam Loomis checking out the house where they're going to find some weird shit. I mean, like Michael's eating the rats or something. Yeah. I'm like, you know, he can drive a car. Why can't he stop at some Wendy's or something? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't they find like kings of dogs? It is Halloween. So it, it is Halloween, you know, so, but, you know, I guess the. When he escaped, he didn't grab any money from the institution. So. <laughs> but you know, you know, it's funny. Like, okay, so this this house is just such a cool, you know, back, you know, the the atmosphere, everything, that's uh-huh. good props and everything. But it's so funny how, you know, when they got to Halloween Resurrection, and all of a sudden there was this like underground, like right? dungeon basement, <laughs> you know, yeah. and with danger was a danger <laughs> cam or yeah danger tainment or something or and it was just like oh yeah let's just make this uh this uh, uh underground dungeon dungeon thing thing, that no one knew yep. about you know <laughs> oh buster rhymes and then i was watching part uh, five the other day uh-huh and they go back to the 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 myers house here Okay. And it's, in the, it's not even the same house. Are you serious? Yeah, it's a completely different house. Completely different house. <laughs> I love this line Loomis has coming up. He's like, I have a permit for this. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he just I mean, again, I mean, look look at the, the, the lighting, the darkness, everything. Sure. And then you've got this this guy in this simple trench coat. Yep. Do it's just this obsession of Michael and all this knowledge, and we hear more about Michael through this guy here. It's just terrifying. Mm-hmm. Well, and the really cool thing with the with the light and dark that you're talking about is because there's so much darkness in almost every scene. Like it gives you that uneasiness of could Michael be hiding in that darkness right this minute? Yes. And especially later when they do the trick with like he's behind Lori. And they slowly bring up the light so that it makes the mask like slowly become visible. Like, at, I, I think that's the culmination of all of these earlier scenes where there's so much darkness that he could have been hiding in any of those places. Yeah. Here we get a nice big speech from Loomis. Probably like two or three pages of dialogue. 
Oh yeah, I mean, he gives us the backstory of this of this Michael character, and it's just, you know, you just you're 100 tuned into him on that, you know. Yep. Well, and this was like the first time, like, what are we, 39, 40 minutes into the movie? This is the first time that we actually are, like, we know who Michael Myers is and that he killed his, his sister and now he's escaped. But, like, that was the first time we get, like, exposition from Loomis about, like, I've been studying him for 15 years and he's he's crazy. Like, yep. he, he's come back to town to, you know, kill more people. Oh, man, the style of the 70s. Whew, look at those <laughs> curtains. The couch. Oh, yeah. Oh, what's the boogeyman? I think if I remember right, this is the only movie in the Halloween franchise where they call him the boogeyman? Do, uh, do they ever do it later? Yes. Okay. Yes. And it's probably just because it's like connected to like Tommy calling him the boogeyman but I know he gets called the boogeyman right. a couple of times in this movie but I don't think he's ever referred to that way again this is good movie making here with again simplicity and again the, the whole creeper stalking thing yep. but once oh there we go here's um, that's Kyle Richards nice Oh, the sad the, dog. The, the poor dog's gonna. The dog's gonna get it here. But you know, I could say after you know seeing this movie, but as a kid, you know, and then you know you would go to the babysitters. The babysitters <laughs> would come to you. You could not help but think of this movie. Yeah, luckily for me, I'm pretty sure I was 15 or 16 the first time I saw it, so I was definitely. Not affected the same way or traumatized the same way you uh -huh. were. Here's a good shot here. Oh my god, there he oh, is. God. And like there's kids Look walking around. Like there like there's kids walking around out there that Michael could just literally be going after. Oh, he's he's found his audience. He's he, he knows who he's he, his victims are gonna be. I always thought that'd be me. I would be able to point him out and be like, look, look. <laughs> oh, that lighting is beautiful. Mm. Yeah, it's just, it's... Yeah. So right here, this is this is good filming right here. Mm -hmm. So he shows us where he breaks the, the flower pot. And then there's these little subtle moments... Where she's, you know, again, she, you, as you mentioned, she's not really paying attention. Mm -hmm. And Apparently you just see just him roaring in the background here. She, I, again, seeing this in 1978, uh -huh. just the audience reaction and the the screams and the ah ah you know like you know watch out kind of mm -hmm. you know especially girls where you know they'll be 
they're, they're watching something where it's like the, the, the main character is not paying attention and they're like screaming because it's like, turn around. It was, it was, it, it made the movie even better, that effective, just that experience. Sure. Uh, this next uh, shot is one of the times that it is not uh, Nick Castle as Michael Myers. That was the dog's trainer uh, that was dressed up as Michael Myers that night so that he could uh, be holding him and, like, letting him down and the dog wouldn't, like, freak out or anything. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was the dog's trainer that was dressed up as Michael Myers so that he could be, like, pretending to put the dog down after he broke his neck and the dog, you know, was submissive to... To his mat or to his trainer, right? I think this is cool that this he had awesome. this as the in the background, the yeah. original thing. And you know, Carpenter loved that. Oh yeah, went on to direct it four years later. The remake, yeah, in '82, yeah, yeah. '82, yep. which I just watched that last night again. Nice, that is such a good movie. It is. It still holds up. Yeah, that's called bullying, dude. Like he was just—he was just being mean to you. <laughs> Look how young Jamie Lee Curtis looked. Mm -hmm. It is so weird because, like, never in my life have I like looked at Jamie Lee Curtis and been like, "You're, you're." Uh, like, what's uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to word this. She's not what I would expect. She's not like a Nev Campbell to me. Like, when I look at Nev Campbell, I'm like, oh, wow, like, I'm really attracted to Nev Campbell. I think she's beautiful. I'm glad she survives the movie. Uh, I'd never have looked at Jamie Lee Curtis that way, but I, she's just a plain Jane girl next door. Like, she could be anybody. Right. But then, you know, I mean... When she got the trading places and showed her boobies, it was like, whoa, she's grown up. And then well, True Lies. True Lies. True for lies, sure. Yes. Where she got sexy, it was like, yes. hello. You're not wrong about that at all. Right. Uh, I kind of just meant more now, okay, like this. This, this, this here is one of the most effective scenes in the whole movie. Yeah. For, again, the simplicity and the, the lurkiness of standing in the background and you can barely see him but he's there and mm -hmm. see right, right there just beautiful oh god that used to scare the shit out of me now i just look at it and go okay like he could have been right there he in theory is still just right there yeah and i always i just remember back in the day like why in the hell do they have a washing dryer all the way out <laughs> outside the shed outside yeah. but i guess that was like big in california then oh was it okay i did not know that because they didn't have the real bad weathers like we have in the midwest okay so oh. Lindsay, come and help her she's too busy watching tv uh, in modern days, this would be kids on their cell phones. She'd be too busy on her cell phone. Exactly. Because of her. She is all into that shit. <laughs> like, she doesn't even want to answer the phone. You see him? You see oh, Michael it's so right there? Long. It's so good. Here's the thing I don't understand. What what room, like, doesn't have a, like, you can't unlock it from the inside? Like, what room locks well, out? That, I, I think, think 
it's just adding the drama to the horror movie, really. Sure. I'm th- I'm, I, I was way overthinking that. That was my bad. <laughs> oh, finally answer the phone. This is Paul. Paul's calling. And I do believe that this is John Carpenter's voice as Paul. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I think it is. I haven't... Uh, a long time ago, I, I listened to this audio commentary on the like DVDs, kind of, I wouldn't say religiously, but a few times. And I want to say Carpenter said that yeah. it's his voice as Paul. I can I see that. that. It was his like cameo in the movie. Because as much as he obviously loves and respects Hitchcock, he didn't put himself in this movie. Right. And this was obviously just put in there to give us a gratuitous ass shot. <laughs> like, this skinny girl couldn't just, like, like ninja flip herself out of it. She's a cheerleader, I think. She didn't, like, ninja flip out of that window. Exactly. <laughs> I just remember, you know, I was like, oh, Lindsay saves the day. You know, it took the <laughs> little girl to come and save the day. Everything's, Everything's going to be okay. But what a pain in the ass that'd be to have to walk outside and across your yard to... To do laundry? Yeah. Go wash your clothes. But it made for effective horror, a horror scene. Sure. Well, and I love the fact and that Lindsay just this is a beautiful right here. What'd you say? I said, I love the fact that Lindsay just hung up on him last time, so we had to call back. Oh, yeah. But yeah, this shot, the the pan back and forth where he's standing there, it's so... Oh, my God. Oh. And again, she's so preoccupied with talking on the phone with her boyfriend that she didn't even notice anything. And then he's gone. Yep. Quaker Oats got a little plug there. <laughs> I mean, li- I mean, just li- look at the '70s, man. You got the the brick with the oven. <laughs> it's just, it's very outdated. I always wonder, like, you, you see all the props that they've got around? Like, yeah. do do any of those props exist anywhere at this point? You know what I mean? Mm, like, sure. Did they get thrown away or did somebody take them or? Yeah. Like, where would they be 40 years later now, basically? I guess it'd be 42. Yeah. That, that TV's got to be in a landfill somewhere. Yeah. Or, you know, those plants right there in the front of that house, are those plants still at that house? You know mm, what I mean? Or yeah. were they all ripped up and, you know what I mean? Just. Yep. Oh. That was that was bold of Michael. These to little pop zingers. Up that these little zingers that, that Carpenter puts in, the little sting music and stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, so, so good. I do obviously love the fact that the door, uh, it's very obvious later in the movie, but. The door opens one way on the inside, but then when uh, the outside shots, it swings the other way. Other way? Yeah. <laughs> Good eye. Yeah, it's a, it's really noticeable later when she's trying to get, when she's trying to get into the house, coming back from across the street. She's pounding on the door, and then 
when they open it to let her in, it opens one way, and then it cuts to the inside, and the door is open, like, hinged the other way when she walks in. The keys! Oh, oh the keys! <laughs> well, like, what kind of emotional blackmail is this? I might get you out of your date yeah. if you do what I want you to do. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me that, you know what, they, if Annie lived... I don't know. They would not be friends in the future. You don't think so? As close as friends. Sure. As close as friends, no. Man, that's something funny to think about. Like, I never would have thought about, like, would would all three of them still be friends, like, after this fiasco, if they had all survived it? I don't think so. I think they would have all kind of gone their, their different ways, you know? Sure. Lori definitely would I have think, gone you know, from, like, four I'm not in touch with anybody from high school, period. Nobody? Nobody. Nobody. Wow. A, a couple from a couple from college, but that's about it. I, I kinda once I was out of college developed my own new set of friends outside gotcha. of school, you know. Uh, I'm like, don't go back to the car. Don't go back to the car. <laughs> like how different would her life have been if she just couldn't find the keys to the car and couldn't oh, go yeah. get him. But, you know, it's it's one of those, she's making a bad choice in life. She's deciding to put her responsibilities as a babysitter behind her, and she's deciding to go and have sexual intercourse with her boyfriend. And so, Michael Myers yep. isn't a fan of that. And it is foggy yeah. in the car now. Awkward. Oh. Oh, her death is always like oh, I can't lie. Terrified me as a kid. This is terrifying. But when he actually kills her and like, like her head is like sliding down or whatever, like I just, I think it feels so cheesy. Like, terrified me as a kid. Here in just a second. Like we get like the cracking sound in a second. Yeah. Oh, she's dead, and then it's just like her eyes are big, and he lets her go, and then it's like, oh, uh, 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 I just, I don't know, that just is so cheesy to me. Now, I didn't pick up on this till years later, but notice when he is bringing her back to the house, the side of the door that the house is on, that he walks in the door. Okay. Well, if you look to the right. It's the end of the house. Oh, so okay. When you, so so when you, when you see the front of the house when he carries the body back in, yeah. To the right of the door, it's the end of the house, so there couldn't be any living room there. But when you, when they ah. show the inside of the house, he takes there's her, a living, yeah. room, a whole big living room on the right side of the house. That is that is something I've never noticed. So check this out. So we'll see here when Tommy turns around and sees uh, the boogeyman here. All right. Yeah. So you see the doors on the right there, right? There's a tiny, maybe three feet. Yeah. But the living room is to the right of the house. To the right of the door when you go inside, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's a good call. Yeah, there's probably only like three feet clearance on the on that right side of the door. Yes, yes, there is, Lori. You're just a few seconds too late looking. <laughs> you, I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm just, I was just watching Lindsay. Uh huh. And I was just trying to, because I've seen the movie so many times. And so what I'm trying to do is just look at a different, uh, you know, just look at something different that I'm not normally used to looking at. Sure. And watching just reactions or just something else going on, you know, just to see if I could pick up on something. So, do you uh, did you know that spaceship scene that was still there? Is that still the original like 1954 thing? I've never seen it. So, is that spaceship from that, or is that a different? I've never, never seen, seen the original thing. Okay. Oh, this is great right here, <laughs> where they scare Lonnie. Lonnie is the bully. Lonnie, yep. The bully that's making a comeback in Halloween Kills. In Halloween here. Kills. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I love Pleasance here. He's just like, what? What can I do to like get these kids away from the front door? Lonnie, <laughs> get the hell away from the door. <laughs> <laughs> but but with oh Loomis gets this is the only time Loomis gets scared. Yeah, well and look at his grin. <laughs> I, I like the fact that he just has that grin on his face that he's like happy at what he just accomplished. Yeah. But what's cool is, so in this timeline right here, kind of uh -huh. at this moment, um, what we'll see in Halloween Kills, they do flashbacks to this night. Okay, that's and, gonna be interesting. And, um, it's to be how they pull this off, but they're gonna do Loomis, and they're gonna have Lonnie, and they're gonna go back to this night and do shoots as if in 1978 and, and incorporate this. And I'm very interested to see how they do that. That is gonna be really interesting to see how that and turns why, out. And why they're doing that. So Yeah, see now now that you've told me that, like that has me worried that they're gonna try to say like that for the past like 40 years, this Lonnie guy has just been like a prodigy of Michael's in some way. Like, I'm worried that that's how they're gonna play it. Well, my hope is that they won't dumb it down to where it's just stupid. I can't. It seems like they would. They'll they'll keep some intelligence there to it, I hope you so. know. Or, and especially having Carpenter back and such. Sure. Oh, Loomis, you got a long night ahead of you, buddy. Oh yeah. All right, so we got PJ Souls finally showing up with her boyfriend. Bob. <laughs> uh, so I found this out uh, not too long ago that PJ Souls at this time was married to Dennis Quaid. So they offered the role of Bob to Dennis Quaid, and he un he he wanted to do it, but scheduling wise, uh, they weren't able to work it out. Oh so wow! Bob was, was he doing like breaking away or something? Some <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dennis Quaid. I'm not even sure. Then the other funny story about that is um, PJ Souls and Dennis Quaid went to a public screening of Halloween on opening weekend. And so when she says the line, do you see anything you like? The guy sitting directly in front of them said, oh, yeah, I do, baby. Like yelled it out loud to the screen. Dennis uh -huh. leaned over and was like, do you want me to do you want me to kick his ass? 
And she was like, no, like, I enjoy that. Like, I, I, I like the fact that that's the reaction that I got. To see they walk in the house, and then all of a sudden there's this living there's room to the right. To right. Yep, you are so right about that. Look at that wallpaper. <laughs> I don't remember Andy. You know what? Andy didn't turn the lights off. Michael turned the lights off. Oh, did he? Because he carried the body back. Because Andy oh, yep. came in and got the keys and just walked out. But Michael brought her body back in and turned out the lights. He's such a nice guy. It was very considerate of him to lower their electrical bill. Yeah. Oh, and then we get the music that we know he's watching them. There he is. Oh, such a beautiful shot, just like pulling back like that to reveal him. Yeah, yeah. and you don't even see all of it. It's just like his shoulder. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're back at the Doyle house now, which is kind of the boring part of the night. But it kind of, you know, it's it's uh, it's kind of necessary. So that it, it creates the anticipation, you know? Sure. Because the movie's short anyways. For sure. Which is good. It has really good pacing because it, it is short, but it kind of feels, because of just like how slow and chill it is and how like there's a lot of slow burn with Michael, like it doesn't feel like an hour and a half, but like it, I think it's just really well paced. You know, that's funny with this movie. There's not a lot of um, murder, murder, murder in it. I, I, I think it's the just some of the, the the dialogue in the movie, you know, with Loomis and, you know, these occasional, like, stalking moments, you know, mm -hmm. and the, the building up to it and the, the, the creepiness of the music, it just... Because there's not like a really a lot, a lot of blood and murder, murder in this movie. Nope, not at all. But it, it's the it's the the stalking part of it that's horrific. Of just for some sure, we're creeping a mass, knowing you know not where he's going to pop up or what you know makes it effectively scary. Well, and again, much like uh, Carpenter's like uh, obsession with Alfred Hitchcock before those 1980s slasher movies, like. Uh, Hitchcock always said that whatever your mind can think up is worse than anything I could ever put on screen. So, like, the, the terror of, oh, there's Michael standing there, what's he gonna do? Like, what your brain starts thinking of what Michael could do is way worse than anything they ever could have shown us. Right. Because, like, Annie's death in the car, it's not even that graphic. He literally just chokes her to death. No blood, nothing like that. When Bob gets stabbed, but, but, but it's the, the fact that you know here she she gets in this car and he comes out from the back seat. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's just like the idea of somebody being in the back seat of your car and not knowing. Yep. You don't have to show blood. That is scary alone it, itself. Uh, have you ever slept with a with a jack o' lantern on your on your bedside? No. No. Okay. Neither have I. But I'm. And, and I. I, I What's kind of funny is like they had to. I'm, I'm gonna just say the characters brought that up because I don't see why the owners of that house would keep that pumpkin <laughs> lit next to the bed. Right. So I'm just gonna assume that that they brought that into the room. Oh, oh. the shadow on the wall, it's so good. And again, the teenagers are too occupied to even notice it. Mm hmm. 
teenagers my ass. These are college students. Well, sure. Oh, saw some nipple there. Oh, yep, there's more nipple. Yeah. That was a big deal back in the day. Oh, Bob, then those glasses yeah, are hideous. Make, put your glasses back on. Yeah, you, so you can actually look at her boobs now because they were obviously blurry a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Go down and give me a beer. Go get me a beer. I want a beer. Yeah. Yeah. Give her best actress of the year. And then here we get to the, I guess, shift in the film where all of a sudden, you know, it just amps up. Yep. And I, I love, the, again, the pacing of it. And like you had mentioned, you know, earlier, just a little bit ago, that it's not gore, 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 and scare to scare to scare to scare. It's like this slow buildup and uh, these small minor things that just all come together and make it so, so, so good. It's just tension. Like right now, you're like on the edge of your seat. Like there's so much darkness in this kitchen. Like Michael could be anywhere. Yeah, you see the door right there? Uh huh. So. Um, I have a, a door that's uh, in between my kitchen and my laundry room, and uh-huh. it looks just like that. And so <laughs> nice. I'm like, I'm never getting rid of this door because it looks <laughs> like it's from Halloween. Oh, that's great. And here and... is the scene. Oh. oh. Lift him up, stab him to the wall. Oh. What about Bob? <laughs> and like, real quick, just imagine the sheer velocity of arm strength that Michael Myers has oh, to yeah. have to go through an entire chest and stick him to the wall. And watch, here's the uh, the uh, infamous uh, head lean or, sh- uh-huh. or tilt. And no blood. <laughs> no blood. I can't believe that knife oh. is sticking out that much and still, like, I mean, inches-wise, that's only probably, like, an 8 to 10-inch knife. Like, that should be handle all the way through him to get into the wall. Yeah. But anyway, the head now, tilt was here awesome. Here is one of the most, the creepiest moments of horror <laughs> history. A sheet with glasses. It, yes. I mean... Look how creepy that is. And just think about the layers behind that. That's a man wearing a mask, wearing a sheet, wearing glasses. But I always wondered, like, if... Like, is that really Nick Castle? Or is that somebody else filling in? Uh, I think Nick Castle did it most of the time. I think, like, a good 80% of it was him. Obviously, when the, when he gets demasked, that's not him. Like I said earlier, the trainer was in it. There was seven people. There were seven people total in this movie that were the shape at some point. But like that includes Deborah Hill in the opening scene. Uh, that includes the guy that's only there for like the mask to get taken off. Um, but yeah, there was a total of seven people, I believe, that played the shape. But I think the majority of it was Nick Castle. So, I mean, like, this here is that whole build-up there with the dialogue with her 
And, and I mean, people were screaming their heads off in theaters back in the day on that. I mean, yeah, I get like I just the dramatic tension that's created in this scene, knowing that that's not Bob, but she has no idea. And then now it sounds like she called for her to listen to them having sex. Sex. And then she finally pulls it off to reveal that it's Michael, even though we all already knew that. Yeah. No, she did. Oh, she already did. <laughs> we haven't even addressed the fact that that's William Shatner's face. Yeah, the mask. Uh-huh. That was pretty cool that they ended up taking his mask and dolling it up the way that it did. You see the lights came on and they turned back off? Mm -hmm. There's that rotary phone again. <laughs> now, see, my parents had that, like, peach color, like, beige, peach, light, whatever color it salmon? was. Salmon? Salmon, there we go. Yeah, that's the color that my parents had when I was growing up. Oh. I'm just trying to imagine, you know, again, back in the day when this premiered and people were going to see it and such, like, what babysitters were actually feeling at that moment when sure. it's kind of like, you know, when Fatal, when Fatal Attraction came out, you know, and it scared the shit out of, you know, <laughs> guys from not, you know, cheating or whatever, you yep. know, or not wanting to cheat. And so back in the day for babysitters to watch this and then, you know, on their next babysitting assignment or whatnot or job, kind of their thoughts of like, you know, being freaked out, you know, by this movie, you know. It also makes me wonder how many boyfriends played pranks on their girlfriends while they were babysitting. Yes. And he just all of a sudden notices his car across the street there. <laughs> I think the, the, the neighborhood plays a great character in this movie. I can see that. I don't think I've ever really thought about it that way, but I can definitely, I can definitely see how, how it would be influencing. Well, and you know, it's kind of like they could have, they could have been in another neighborhood, and I could have said the same thing about that, but maybe I wouldn't have, you know. Sure. Uh, maybe it wouldn't have been as effective and and, and such. Um, but I think all the props that they use, the locations, the props, settings, everything just all fit with this movie and you know you could have always replaced it with something else but you know it is what it is and it just it worked all right so this is a great this great shot here yep something's going on that just doesn't seem right and I'm going to walk into this. It kind of looks like a Scooby-Doo van right there. <laughs> well, and it's like, I, I really enjoy the like the tone and the feel, probably with the music in this scene, where like she's walking over there, but she's not entirely sure that she should be. Like, 
You can see. Oh, yeah. It's total casual. Like, but again, it's, it goes back to, you know, her observation earlier is paying off now. Sure. She's keep, she's, her radar is up. I like the wind action there. It just looks like a creepy Halloween night. Uh huh. There's a section in my neighborhood that I live in uh-huh. that has a house that looks like um, the one that where she's babysitting. The Dory's house? babysitting. Not this house, but the one across the. Yes, yeah, so when I walk in the neighborhood all the time, I. I walk past it and go, oh my gosh, Halloween. <laughs> I'll have to I'll take a picture and text you okay. so you can see it. Yeah, I'm, I would I'd like to see that. See to the right of the house there? Look at that. Yep. Where's that fake living room at? <laughs> oh Lori, you're about to you're about to experience some stuff you don't it, want to. See, even this right here, just panning, watching her just walk casually, and and I love when she, she walks around to the back area of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just good shooting right here. With the door creepily wide open. Yep. Like, Michael's like, come on, bitch, come in. <laughs> I got a trap set for you. And Bob used to be right there on the wall next to you. Hopefully Michael cleaned up the blood. Not that she's going to turn on the lights or anything, but... I thought he had knocked the plant over. Uh, I think there was two or three of them hanging. Okay. Yeah, I think I think when he knocks it over, there's still like one or two hanging next to the one that he knocked over. Heaven forbid you turn on any lights in this house while you're wandering around. <clears throat> There's a uh, the magical living room. Yeah. And I, and again, this is kind of like slow, but mm-hmm. it's just it works. It's and tense. again, it's all part of the, the build up. Tense. And we've all been in this position before where someone's played a, a prank on us and uh-huh. we're kind of roaming around like trying to find where where are you? Yep. I know you're here. Oh man, again, like it's like, like you know, right now, you know, her life is just regular normal, and in just like 30 seconds, it's gonna just completely flip. Yep. And, and then she's fun. fucked up for life. That's an ugly floor pattern, but down there. <laughs> well, I, I really enjoy what they do with the uh, this POV shot when she's walking up the stairs. I feel like it does a good job of putting you, like, in her shoes and what she's seeing. Yeah. And, like, it, it, it helps with how slow the movie is going. Oh, we have some light coming. That's got to be good, right? Yeah. Here is obviously where my friends are. Look at that ugly floor. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, love this. Love this. <laughs> and now at an hour and 15 minutes in, it is going to be life-changing for Lori Strode. And that's it. Her life has changed. Yep. Judith Myers. Which again, this just doesn't resonate the same if Lori isn't also a Myers. Right. Well, that's what I'm interested to see what in these next two Halloween films, what if they may tie some things together, you know? Yeah. Oh, Bob. <laughs> oh, no. All of a sudden, the door's just open with bodies coming out. Oh, my God. I'm still wondering, like, did he tie Bob's oh. legs up? Like, why was Bob swinging like that? Best movie shot ever in a movie yep. in the history of all films. Oh, this is so good. Oh, it just brilliant. slightly becomes available and then Ah Oh That's a good shot too. Oh, and that's the fastest. And way the music kicks walk. in. Yes. Dramatic pause at the top oh, of the Oh, people are screaming their heads off. Oh. Hmm? oh, in the movie theater, people were just screaming their heads off. Well, girls just... I know, you know, people look at these, th this movie today who have never seen it before and they just kind of laugh at it, right? But sure. Man, in, in its prime, it was scary as shit. And it's just, it's funny how over time that changes you know yeah um and i wonder you know and you probably talk to more people that really watch movies than i do what today really scares people see what, that's the what thing, movie like, today, today really scares people it's all that's uh it's all that spirit stuff and whatnot like the conjuring and like those kind of things yeah like a, a lot of the the kids at the movie theater like when i talk to them like that's like that, they find like you know, uh, the the possessed dolls and things like that creepy. Like I'm not even sure that Saw is as creepy as it was like ten years ago right. to kids. And I admit, I actually like the Conjuring movies, except for I did not like the Nun. I was bored with the Nun. Gotcha. Um, but I like all the the other ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, but they have no idea what effective simple horror is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even like back in the day, Friday the 13th was scary. I watch Friday the 13th now and just laugh. Oh, for sure. I totally agree with you on that. But back in the day, that shit was scary, man. Okay, here's the scene I was talking about. Watch this scene when she runs up to the Doyle house. She's going to be yeah. knocking, uh, and it's going to, like, you can see the door handle right there is on the right-hand side. So when it opens, it's going to open with the hinges on the left. But then when it cuts to the inside, the hinges are going to be hinged on the right. Okay. Oh, audience is screaming. Yep. They're screaming. He's coming. They are. They are screaming. Oh, thank God that plant woke Tommy up. I have to find that that video online where they had uh, someone took a recorded an audience watching Halloween back in the day. Oh, nice. Yeah. If you if you um. 
You can Google that. Audience watching Halloween or something, and it's there. Somebody's always leaving windows and shit open in horror movies. Yeah, well, and apparently Michael learned how to cut the phone lines. Yeah. Oh, there was an open window, Lori. How'd you not know that? Uh, more device cowering uh, in front of a big dark area. Probably not the best idea, Lori. Oh, thank God Michael missed. Oh, thank God you stabbed him in the neck. Oh, that's it. She got him. All right, he's dead. <laughs> oh, he falls down. And then just falls down. <laughs> <laughs> Great lighting there. Yeah, still playing with the shadows in the darkness and... I'm watching the the, the Blu-ray version right now. I mean, uh -huh. it's just crystal crystal clear. Nice. I'm thinking, like, do they not have any more furniture in this house? Just that one couch, <laughs> and that's it. Why why would you drop the knife? Like that makes no sense to me. That's bad scripting. <laughs> And that's what, you know, we in the audience think, but she's probably in shock at this point. All right, okay, okay. Loomis just wandering the street. Loomis, Loomis lurking. <laughs> Chief Brackett. Yes, because splitting up is always the intelligent thing to do. <laughs> like I understand the logic of covering more ground but at the same time like you're still looking for the same thing like yeah strength in numbers in my opinion it's just crazy how there's no body out at all and, well and so maybe that's why we saw so many trigger treaters when it was still daylight maybe back in the 70s right. it was a bigger thing that you know get trigger treating done before the sun goes down I just remember in the 80s, man, we would be out late. Like, sure. it'd be pitch dark and we are out trick or treating. Same in, in fact, the 90s. That's where we went. We went in the dark. Oh, uh, so good here. This is excellent. Oh. <laughs> oh, there he is right behind you. Yep, good fake out there. Make him think you went outside and hide in the closet. Although, I, I just feel like she should have been, like, she, she's a smart enough girl. She should have been more aggressive when he had his back turned to her. Like, yeah. I, I, her hiding like this just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. I... Well, she's got to be in a tight space, you know, in, you know, kind of closed in with the guy coming after her to create more drama, you know? Yeah. And, and and this also does kind of, you know, make me have fear of closets a little bit too. <laughs> These types of, that, that type of closet paneling. Sure. On the outside with the folding closets. And I mean, it does lead to this great sequence of him breaking in. Oh, sure. 
I mean, that is that is terrifying right there. Mm-hmm. But I must say, um, they hardly have any clothes in there. That that is a fact. There's a couple of pieces behind her, but yeah, it's a pretty empty closet. There's not a lot of clothes in this closet. Oh, that is scary. No more hanger, wire hangers. <laughs> Pull a mommy dearest on. <laughs> oh, it's right in the eyeball. Grab that knife, bitch. Stab him there a few times. Be aggressive. Be e aggressive. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> You know, you know that Carp Carpenter has to look back on this film and just think, you know what? I was the shit. Like yeah. I did this shit. Well, and like it, it kind of sucks because some of the things that are kind of corny, like what's going to happen here in just a second, like if she's leaving the if she's leaving the closet, why is she just going to sit down in the middle of the room where this guy is behind her? Like why wouldn't she sit watching him? Like, it creates a really good dramatic scene in just a minute with him sitting up. But, like, logically, I wouldn't turn my back on him if I was going to sit down in the same room as him. Because we, the audience, paid a whole whopping $3 for an <laughs> evening show back then, and we needed our drama, man. Oh, I forgot you think, you know, first. You think the guy's done with, you know what I mean? Like, okay, kids are out, let the right. kids go, blah, blah, blah. No, and it just amps back up. It's like this guy is this guy is not human. Yep. Run down to the McKenzie's house. I do love the fact that in this movie it's run down to the McKenzie's house, and then the opening sequence of Scream, the father tells the mother, run down to the McKenzie's house. <laughs> I need to watch Scream again. The music. Oh. What? I just love Loomis oh, right here. Michael's here. <laughs> Loomis is like, I knew it. This is where he is. Where are you? It's like, how can you not, even if you don't watch like it all the way through, uh -huh. how can you just not have this on in the background during the month of October, you know? <laughs> sure. Well, and it's like, why Why does Michael wait till like, she's slowly walking, and then, oh, finally he attacks her. Oh, uh, he's just got to creep up on her and shit. And now we get some weird dude, I don't, Tony Mellon or something is his name? Tony Moran or something like that. I can't remember his his name, but oh, there's one bullet to Michael. Uh, this is a good shot. This is scary too. Look at that. Two, three, four, five, uh. six. Okay, there was only six bullets. For some reason, once upon a time, I thought that he actually shot seven bullets from a six bullet gun. Now, this here. When he shoots him, mm -hmm. I assumed this was in the back of the house. But in Halloween 2, 
play the end of this again. Okay. Out the window, but only it looks like he's falling out from the front of the house. And I'm trying to figure out this looked like the backyard. It didn't look like the front yard. Up the stairs to the left. Yeah, I feel like you're right. I feel like it should be the backyard, I think. But in part two, he falls out the front okay. of the house, and then Loomis runs out to the front of the house and looks down on the lawn, and you see his the, his body print there. Mm. That's weird. Yeah. And so the audience has lost it at this point. Everyone's freaked out. He's missing, gone. No one's even thinking of a sequel at this point. They're just sure. thinking, like, this guy's on the run. What what the hell? Yeah. The music's going, and then you can hear him breathing throughout now. Well, and I absolutely love all of these shots that it's got at the end of the movie. It's just literally, like, taking us back through the journey of, this is where you came from. These are all the places that we visited with Michael. And, like, these are all the places that Michael affected while he was here. Right. And then we're going to end on the shot of the Myers house. And then it's just Halloween. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And I know people get tired of me going on about this movie. But again, it's just the simplicity of it. And as effective as it was, it's it, it, it it's dated a bit, but it, it's still effective. Yeah. And I mean, it deserves all the praise. Like, as much as certain things don't... Oh, there he is. Tony Moran. That was good. As much as there are some things that don't hold up, like, you know, with society now, like, it still is full of terrorizing moments and, like, great dramatic irony where we know, like, that's not Bob under the sheet. Like, when is he going to kill PJ Souls? Like, there's there's a lot of really good tension that gets built up in this movie. It's very much a slow burn. Like, most of those kills happened right there in the last 15, 20 minutes. Right. But that that buildup was all part of it and worth the wait, you know. But then I agree with you that a lot of the later sequels, as they as they went on, fell into the we need Michael Myers to kill ten to fifteen people a movie, and have it be over gory or anything. That's one thing I could I could not understand with even the the updated recent Halloween film. They were trying to tap back into this period, you know, the the simplicity and whatnot. And I could figure out why they had to go violent with it. Forbidden Planet. There we go. Forbidden Planet was that spaceship scene that I that I was asking you about. It was it was obviously Forbidden Planet. Sorry. Yeah. I, no, it's I, okay. And I'm not, you know, I still love the current the current Halloween film, but I'm just like. Why did they have to go gory with it when it didn't really have to be? Because the movie was good without being overly graphic in that sure. way. But maybe it's just, you know, with today's audience, you just got to have that shit. I, you know, I don't know. It could be. But that's that's the whole, that's been my whole argument with like horror movies and stuff. Um, Over the last several years, it's just like, no one's tapping into that. I think Scream is probably one of the few movies that was kind of close to that. Okay. Although Scream was a little campy at parts. There's some a lot of humor in it. Yeah. But to me, 
Scream kind of tapped and and brought back a little bit of Halloween for me in that it was a pretty simple, basic story. You know what I mean? I, I totally agree. I think they took a lot of cues from Halloween in their, like, setup. And I thought, oh, maybe we're back on path. But still, like you said, a lot of the, the horror movies that come out today are about spirits and, yeah. you know, uh, exorcisms and uh, satanic kind of Japanese weird jokes. demonized things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, can't we just have some, you know, guy who goes nuts and or girl and they just, you know, like it could really happen. Sure. And Halloween was like, like it could really happen. Well, and not like this could really happen, but like Happy Death Day is one of the most recent horror movies where I actually enjoyed it as a slasher movie. And I mean, like, you know, the the whodunit at the end is kind of cheesy or whatnot. And like, it's obviously like sci-fi influenced also, but like right. there really hasn't been a good like slasher movie Again, it's Japanese ghosts, or it's a spirit, or it's a, a doll, or it's, uh, you know, there's just, there's not, maybe maybe the most recent Chucky, like, um, the, the newest Child's Play was okay, but then again, it was just It's a, still spiritual, though. You well, know what not, I mean? not the or remake. Like, the remake was just like a repro, like, it was the, it was a reprogrammed buddy doll. Uh, the original like, Child's Play was the spirit. I like the original Child's Play much better, but I mean, like, think about the movie, um, like, what is it, he know is it, oh, When a Stranger Calls. Okay, yep. Babysitter. Wouldn't work, wouldn't work today. Right, but, but still, it's <clears throat> something that you could something that goes on in today's world uh-huh that could be really scary but it's not dealing with like spirit shit yeah but again like the, I, as as much as i like the original like even the remake was kind of blah because they even had cell phones in 2005 so like yeah. that one was just kind of like oh it's it's coming from a cell phone like we can't trace the cell phone oh no i don't know but like but but couldn't you couldn't you make a horror movie, but it, it's not based today? It's based from the 70s? You could. Actually, uh, last night I watched the movie It Follows for the first time. The mm-hmm. horror movie from, like, I don't know, I think it was, like, 10 years ago or something. Or 2014, maybe? Um, I really enjoyed the fact that they never tell you what time period it is. And... They they give you no hints throughout the thing because like the opening scene has a girl on a cell phone, but then throughout the rest of the movie everybody's talking on like landlines, and then like there's cars from the seventies in the movie, but then there's also cars from the nineties in the movie, and it's like they literally give you no timeless. Yeah, like there's uh, every time somebody's watching TV in the movie, it's on a CRT TV. There's no flat screens or big screen TVs or anything like that. Like. I just really enjoy the fact that that movie just played with time to make sure that it could be a timeless kind of movie. And I was really impressed with that when I watched it, because I was I was like, what what year is this taking place in? And, like, you never get to place it. You know, I've seen that once, and I can't even remember it all. But I just remember the reason why I watched it was because everyone was raving about it. Sure. 
and it's kind of I think over over time it's gonna end up being a cult film. Uh, but so people people really like that movie, and but I can't even remember. I just like remember little parts, so it wasn't sure. that effective for me. But I need to go back and rewatch that though. So yeah, it um, um it. It, it's it's a it's a spirit demonic ghost story so like i don't love it but i was i was impressed with some things in it uh well you know that was a cheap ass budget on that movie so oh yeah but, but it, it looked good though it did so yeah i just i wish we could get a good slasher movie like and the problem was was i, I think i think what killed the slasher genre was when they started doing all the remakes of slasher movies, like My Bloody right. Valentine got remade, and um, I don't Friday know. Friday the like 13th I, got remade. Friday the 13th got remade. I think they're remaking it again, if I remember right. Like, yeah, they just, they just, I wish somebody would come up with a good, smart, like, real slasher movie um, that would be enjoyable, like Halloween was. Like, have a lot of good tension in it, and just, like, be creepy and and still have a plausible whodunit in the end, or don't even have a whodunit in the end. Have the person get away with it. I don't care. Like, as long as it, as long as it scares me. Because like, that's the thing with like the ghost and spirit movies. Like, they don't really scare me because like, I don't really believe any of that shit could really ever happen. But when right. you give me a character like Michael Myers, which is literally just a dude stalking people, like, I believe that could happen for sure. Right. So like, yeah. I want, I, I want some type of modern horror that's more like that with like a good stalking like realistic person doing these things to people and i just don't know when we're ever going to get that ah maybe someday maybe someday. (laughs) because like the problem is, is even like halloween kills like i'm not expecting it to be anything like i mean i hope it's a good movie but like it's it's still part of a franchise that i've been a part of for a long time but you know what I, you know what they didn't do in the last Halloween movie that I was hoping they would recapture, is again going back to that simplicity, have him kind of peering in the in the back out of nowhere, sure. where you can like, oh God, that's him peering, you know, or come through a you know a certain light where you can't see him and then you do see him. Michael has to be kind of hidden within that the the in the atmosphere there and then just kind of peer out, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it just comes out of nowhere. And I just kind of feel like it's just like, Oh, there he is, you know? And it's like, no, go back to that real kind of, uh, suspensive, uh, suspenseful, like, you know, he's, you don't know where he is. And then he just peers out of nowhere, you know what sure. I mean? Kind of horror instead of just like, just jumping out of whatever, you know? So, yeah. but no, this is, this has been great, man. I appreciate you inviting me. If, oh, if anybody, thank you for doing this with me. If anybody loves this movie, it's me, and I'm glad that you chose me to to do some commentary on. Oh, it, so. for sure, man. I loved I loved hearing your perspectives and thoughts on things. Uh, it was a great time. I really I'm really happy that I've always got this to go back and listen to uh, for us talking about the movie. So I. I think if any, you know, body that watches this and anybody who's just a big movie goer and such, there's always going to be this, that one movie that had an effect on you. And for, for me, ever since I'm 47 mm-hmm. and ever since I was five years old, this movie's had an effect on me. And throughout my life, it's had a different effect and change 
uh, on me. And, you know, it, the worst experience turned into my favorite film of all time. That, that's so awesome. I love I loved reading that story when you posted it. Uh, just hearing about how terrified it had you uh, when you were younger until the point where you finally rewatched it at like 17, you said 15, 17, somewhere in there. Oh, it was about like right around starting college, seven, oh, eighteen ish okay. or so. When I'm like, I gotta watch this, you know. Uh huh. And I did, and I was like, Oh, okay, I, okay, I got through that. Okay, not so bad. Oh, this is really effective, you know. Yeah. And then I just I jumped into it and got obsessed with it and kind of broke it down and reflected back and my growth over that time and how it was able to change. But I guess that that's the whole point of you know with. R-rated movies and the whole saying of you know not suitable for children uh-huh. kind of makes sense. But I'm glad I had that terrifying experience because having that experience helped me get to the point to where I saw the effectiveness of the film. Nice, yeah. That was I. I, I love the fact that for like uh, 13 years, it literally terrorized your mind. And then you just fell in love with it when you watched it later. Like, that's so cool. Do you have a Halloween poster framed in your house? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'll I'll show you here. I assumed that you would. Yeah. Let's see here. Let me get some light on here. I'll, uh, let me turn this behind you. Behind you. Ah! (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Okay. Let me turn this. Okay. We have a couple oh, it's here. So it's so dark. I don't know where Michael is. Uh oh. Oh, there's light. So. My oh office. wow. I don't think there's... I've seen that poster before. That's nice. Oh no! Did you freeze up? Are you on your Wi-Fi that sucks? There you go. You're back. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that poster either. See, this is how Michael Myers Reflecting gets back to the, the scene where he's stalking Lori outside of the uh, yeah. laundry things or whatever you want to call it. That is awesome. Uh-huh. And this one here was for when the new film came out. Yeah, I don't even remember that poster when the new film came out. That's pretty awesome. So, so yeah, I kind of have my little Halloween. Yeah, Halloween is probably the movie I've bought the most amount of times. I should have been ready for this, but I have... I mean, my pocket, my pocket book is telling me that I don't need to buy any more uh, Halloween movies, yeah. meaning like the same version over again. But yeah. I mean, you, you never know what specialty things they add to it and stuff. Exactly. I've got the two disc version that came out at some point. It was a collector's edition. I got a numbered. Uh, oh, crap. There we go. I got a numbered version of this one. 
then I've got the 25th anniversary DVD. Oh, wow. And then I've got the... Oh, that's Halloween 2. Then I've got the 35th anniversary Blu-ray. That's right. the one I watched tonight. Nice. Yeah. Uh, somewhere I have the 30th anniversary also, but it's not apparently in a normal place. But yeah, I got the 25th. I'm down, I'm down to the... I think the 25th anniversary of the DVD. Nice. And then that Blu-ray one that you just showed. And I gave my other copies. I gave my other copies to people because they'd never seen it before. I'm like, oh. here you go. Here's my gift to you. Oh, I do. Oh. I forgot to go to my VHS section. So this was the anniversary edition. This would have been the 20th anniversary VHS tape. Oh my god, that's a VHS? That is that is a widescreen VHS. Oh, take the tape out. There's that. Wow. And then this is even better. So this is this was an this this just says anniversary edition VHS. This here is the double disc 20th anniversary limited edition set. That is a apparently hard to open. It is two orange VHS tapes. Wow. Oh my gosh. Do you and still have a VCR? No, not at all. Nope. I bet you anything at some point that's going to make a comeback someday. And this is also a numbered edition that I've got of this one. So yeah, Halloween's one of those movies that I have bought probably way too many copies of. <laughs> Well, you know what? I'm sure you made John Carpenter happy, so... Well, I hope someday I get to meet him and tell him how happy I am.